1: While you were skipping stones, building forts, and flying kites, Uh, I was missing school and all my Saturday nights. Other kids were climbing trees and rolling down hills. I was singing songs to pay my family's bills. Little me, growing up Broadway. Little me. Welcome back to Little Me Growing Up Broadway with me, Mark Tuminelli. My guest today is an actress, director, writer, and producer who definitely grew up on Broadway. She started her career on Broadway in the Will Rogers Follies, originating the role of Mary Rogers, directed by the great Tommy Toon. She then starred as Lucy McFadden in Neil Simon's The Goodbye Girl opposite Bernadette Peters and Martin Short. Some of her film and TV credits include Another World, Only You, Criminal Minds, The Thompsons, and Limerence, a film she wrote, directed, and starred in. I've wanted her on this podcast since I started it 64 episodes ago, so please welcome Tammy Minhoff.
0: Hi, Yami. How are you? I'm fantastic. Who's saying that right now, except for me?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like I told you before we started recording, I am. We're similar age, and I grew up being very obsessed with what you were doing because um, you were doing all the things I wanted to be doing, and you're doing it at the top of the game. Um, you were definitely the child star of the '90s on Broadway. Oh and, wow! Um, yeah, I mean what there's not, there was no bigger role. I mean, with the exception of Secret Garden, there was really no bigger role than playing Lucy in the Goodbye Girls. So we're going to talk
0: about that. Yeah. My friend Daisy in the Secret Garden, who I knew and know.
1: And the the greatest. So let's go back to the beginning. Where did you grow up? How did you know that you had this gift? Because obviously your voice as a kid was like, so astounding, like the crispest, clearest musical theater mm. voice ever. Talk to me about what was happening and where you grew up and all that fun stuff.
0: So I grew up in Larchmont, New York. Um, Larchmont. yeah, Larchmont, 35 minutes outside of the city. If you, uh, hop on, the Metro North. yes, that's right. Although we often drove. Um, I was, So my parents were big theater fans um, and took me to theater. I saw my first musical, which was MAME, when I was three years old at a dinner theater and apparently was riveted and just was like, You know, super into it. Um, Was
1: that at the Westchester Broadway Dinner Theater? I think it might have been.
0: Like, wow, how do you know that? You really did do your research.
1: I (laughs) didn't do that. That we couldn't find anywhere. I just, (laughs) I I just know Westchester. I grew up in New York, so I I know the things. Okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, so I loved musicals. I watched movie musicals, and when I was around six years old, I was yeah. My dad was reading a local newspaper. There was an ad in the paper for an audition for Annie, which I think if you grow up doing musicals as a girl, you are forced, it is like by law that you are in Annie. I unfortunately had to do that four times before I was done <laughs> with that sentence. Um, <laughs> did
1: you play, you played Annie four times or did you play multiple? Or I played
0: Molly three times and Annie uh, the last time. When I've actually, I played Annie in Lancaster, Pennsylvania in between my two Broadway shows, which is okay. kind of crazy that I did that. That's another story. But was um, that the
1: school? What was the name of that theater? The school it was the called... Dutch Apple
0: Dinner Theater. Oh, okay,
1: there was also like the oh, yeah. Str- Do you remember the Struthers Library Theater? Yeah, Jamie Lynn Sigler played yes. Annie there when we were growing up. Okay, I didn't
0: know that. That's crazy. Okay, um, back
1: to you. So you're you were doing like some regional jobs and
0: so yeah. I there was an audition in the paper. It was local community theater in Porchester. I was six. I said, I want to audition for this show. My parents said, you can't, you're six and you can't sing. And I said, okay, I want to do it. And so I like wore them down as I did it for most of my you know, childhood and teenage years. And they said, okay, well, you know, do you know a song? And I said, oh um, yeah, I'm going to sing maybe from Annie. And my mom was like, okay, well, do you know, do you want to, do you want help? And I was like, no. So apparently I locked myself in my room to go practice this song. Um, I didn't, I wasn't like a naturally great singer uh, as a little kid. They all saw this first audition because it was in this super weird place in Rye where like the parents could see, which was super not typical, never happened again. But my parents saw my first audition and apparently like I acted the shit out of this song and they were like, who is this child? Who is our daughter? This is strange. And so the director called my parents and was like, you know, we want her to be Molly. I was really tiny, uh, and I could barely read. And she was like, is she going to be able to do this? And my mom was like, well, I don't know. She learned that whole song. I'll, I'll help her. And that was my first show. And I, I fell in love with performing. So I continued to do, um, you know, community theater and dinner theater and local things. I did Gypsy. I was baby June, uh, in Brooklyn Heights when I was seven. And, um, I, my first agent saw me in that show actually her partner marion who passed away um saw me in that show but i didn't get the note they sent a note backstage to the stage manager that Uh nancy carson carson adler agency which is a big kids agency wanted me to come in and and talk to them and i I never got the message it's so like it's such a like an old show business story so it wasn't until years later I was at an audition. And by the way, through this whole time, my parents who are not stage parents and don't know anything would just call people and be like, can my daughter audition for this? Like, I don't even know.
1: They were managers before they knew I it.
0: mean, they didn't know what they were doing. I wasn't allowed to get an agent because the idea of an agent was like, I guess like an old fat guy smoking a cigar. Like my parents didn't know anything. They were just like, yes. that's, that's going to be dangerous. So I just did all this stuff. And then I... Was at an audition um, for a tour of the Sound of Music starring Debbie Boone. Okay, that sounds right. Crazy. Um, And Jeffrey Dunn was the casting director, and I had left my jacket upstairs. And when we went back to retrieve it, he said to my dad, You know, she's really good. She's not going to get this job. I was, you know, I don't really look like a Sound of Music type child. (laughs) Maybe now, maybe in 2022, but not then. (laughs) Not then. Um, but she's really good. But if she wants to really do this, you need to have an agent. You can't randomly call casting directors because that's weird.
1: It's (laughs) a good thing you forgot your jacket.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Didn't get the message, forgot my jacket. And he said, this is my friend, Nancy Carson. Call her and tell her Jeffrey Dunn sent you. So when I showed up, they said, we've been trying to find you, um, which was cool. And yeah. I auditioned and I read commercial sides and I was very, very bad. I was not a commercial kid. I was too offbeat. What's yeah. that? A, what's that? That's a polite way of saying something.
1: Off, I love offbeat. We're going yeah. to go with offbeat.
0: Offbeat's cool now was like not no. right. No, no. Wasn't I wasn't a commercial kid at all. But and she said, you know, if you want to do this, you have to take voice lessons, you have to take dance lessons, and so that's what I did. And I started professionally training in the city uh, until I got my equity card when I was nine, doing one, two, three, four, five for Manhattan Theater Club with. Some great, great, uh, creative, it's a great creative team. Larry Gelbart, um, Maury Esten, all these wow. people, all these amazing well, that's actors. New, new
1: words is in that. Yes, One, two, three, four, Davis five. Gaines,
0: yes. um, yeah. sang that every night. And so, yeah, all these incredible people. If you go back and look where you're like, oh my God, that was my equity card. I kept auditioning. And then I was doing a Christmas show in Westchester. Um, and I had got an audition for Will Rogers Follies and, I don't know if you know how the audition process for that show worked. No, tell us. It was not typical because normally like if you have an agent, you kind of, you go, you get an appointment, you go and you sing, maybe you get a call back and come back and dance. So that's kind of what I had been doing. So Will Rogers was a giant open call that was covered by the news. The news was there, very strange. And we were all there and it was a dance call first. So we danced before we sang, which was because it was Tommy Tune. Yeah, of course. Um, And they kept like cutting us down and cutting us down and cutting us down through that dance process. And my mother um, suggested I wear, I believe, a red leotard so that I would be noticeable. My mom was smart. My mom is smart.
1: Your mom is very smart. Yeah. Look at her making all this yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Like, what am I doing? I need my mom now to be doing, telling, <laughs> bossing me around. Um, she's great. So I did that. I danced. I got called back in. And then the callbacks were uh, at the Nederlander Theater on stage they, before it was turned into what it became for Rent. Yeah. And it they fell in between a matinee and an evening performance for this little show, this Christmas show I was doing in Westchester. So my dad had to drive me into the city and they were terrified. There was no understudy. Like yeah, the show just would have been canceled, which would have been bad for those people. But we were like, look, it's a Broadway show. Like we're we're going and we're going to get her back in time somehow, which was crazy. So we got to the Nederlander and this really was like, It was like a chorus line, like that, those moments in that show. They had us all on stage. We danced. They kept, um, we all sang. The whole creative team was there. Tommy Toon and um, Betty and Adolph and, and everybody was there. And like in the theater. Oh, the parents were there actually up in the balcony watching all of this. You know,
1: your parents crazy, are constantly watching you.
0: Audition. <laughs> just my dad was there, but like all the stage parents were there and they, you know, they all show up in the jackets and the whole thing, trying to psych oh, you love out. Those show jackets. West, what's your audition song? And you're just like, I don't know. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going to go get ready. So that was probably a, a, a quote. Um, so we, we sing, they have us back up to dance and it's the final like dance and they start calling. People off stage, and I'm one of the people off, being called off the stage. And my dad, as he tells the story, is like, oh, "All right, well, we made it this far." He's really bummed they've called me off. Well, the children that they've called off the stage are being given sides so to read. So the kids left on stage, finish their dance. They're so excited, and then they're all told, "Thank you very much," and they don't know what's happening. And it takes a minute for them to realize, like, "Oh, that's the end." Yeah. go in we read by the end of that audition it was me and the three boys who did it and we kind of were like is it us do we get it <laughs> did we get it we like sang. we started to sing music from the show around the piano they were like come sit can you do a harmony can you do this stuff and I was like this looks pretty good there's just four of us and I'm the only girl but we still had to wait for the call
1: did you make it back to do your night show? Obviously.
0: I did. They held the curtain. I ran in like a crazy person. They were not happy, but also very happy because I eventually got that job.
1: So when you, who told you you booked it?
0: So I was in this, because I was in the sixth grade, I was out to lunch with my friend Stacy at the um, deli in Larchmont around the corner. Yeah, this is super weird, but this is only what happened in the nineties. Like we were allowed to leave Oh yeah school in elementary school yeah. and go walk to the deli and like just like do whatever you wanted same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so like what? You know. I was like, oh that's fine. I had dates in the third grade. That's true. So I was I um was at the deli and my mom came in, she knew where I was and said, You have to call your agent and you have to call Nancy. And I said, What? And I thought, Oh no, she's calling to tell me bad news. And I walked To the back to the payphone, and there was a payphone there. And I called her, and she said, Are you busy? And I said, No. And she said, Yes, you are. You you bought this show. And I was so excited. And then I had to go back to school for the rest of the afternoon. Yes. And I told one boy who became my boyfriend for like 12 seconds that I had gotten this show. And I was like, You can't tell anyone because everyone's going to make fun of me. You know, it was like, This is my secret life. doing shows. So that's, uh, that's how I found out.
1: I love it. So Will Rogers was a massive hit, yes. um, more than anyone could have anticipated. Definitely. What do you remember about those first rehearsals being in this huge show with an enormous cast led by Tommy Toon, written by Psycho? like It's just the, the greatest of the greats yeah. coming together to create a very old style musical yeah. in a time when Broadway had really shifted to these British imports and things like that. This was like a very American musical.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't think I was as aware like of that historically. The state like, of the American yeah, yeah, theater. Exactly.
1: You mean you weren't worrying about that, Tammy? Not so much, again.
0: <laughs> um, but it had was, to feel
1: big, you know? Yes. Like-
0: well, first of all, it was my first Broadway show and it was a Broadway show. So that's a big deal. I knew and loved a lot of the musicals that these people had created. And Tommy Toon, in case you didn't know, is one of the nicest humans. I do know. Uh, I've yeah, spent actually
1: quite a bit of time with him. He's, he's the kindest person, the, yes. kind, the, the best person in show business.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. He's as, as kind as he is tall. Um, he, <laughs> uh, what, so there was a real, and, you know, Keith Carradine was fabulous and, um, Katie Huffman and Katie, I saw kind of recently a couple years ago, reconnected with her. And Dee Hody, who is amazing. And these people are all amazing, you know, and, the kids, everybody, but you know, we workshopped it. So that was cool. I really liked that process and learned a lot. And again, that was all at the Niederlander theater and Jerry Mitchell, Jerry Mitchell was in that show. He was
1: was in your ensemble. Mm -hmm.
0: I remember. Almost buck naked. (laughs) Almost buck naked, which was like, again, totes normal for me. I was like, yeah. education. Oh, well that's, that's the least of it. The Follies (laughs) girls are to thank for a lot of my, um, education and I would sneak into their dressing room and like listen to them uh, share share stories about romances and boyfriends and things and like, and how they were amazing yeah and they yeah. were gorgeous these gorgeous girls like I was like oh my gosh like I w- and people were like you're gonna grow up to be like that I'm like probably not I'm short that's not gonna happen but um they uh, they were like just everybody working on that show was incredible and we yeah, it was such a success. So I don't know. It was unexpected, but it was also like kind of normal because it was just happening. You know, that's, that's the weird way to describe all of this stuff.
1: I don't think when you're a kid and you join a Broadway show, you're not thinking about ticket sales. You're not thinking about no. a hit. It's like, it's just happening. Yeah. Um, what do you remember about that opening night? I mean, I can't imagine it's overwhelming to have this huge show, your parents seeing it, you know, obviously yes. you have previews and things like that, but it feels like we're opening on Broadway. It's your Broadway debut. What do you remember from that night?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to remember the night. I, I think that well, I remember the party and I remember my dress, which I just uh was just actually found in storage. My dad has just moved from New York to the West Coast and he hoarded all this crazy stuff. And so that was in it. Um all my all my childhood stuff. Um I remember. Oh, I, 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 mean, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I will. I, I tried champagne for the first time in a Dixie cup. <laughs> Somebody, I was eleven, right? Sounds like really. It was a Dixie cup. Very it's okay. Sweet. Okay. It was really sweet. Yeah, like I said, um, Katie and uh, those women were so kind to me. Really, just took me under their wing. You know, I was eleven, then turning twelve, and it's like you know that's a really unique time. And so I remember that. I remember the party. I remember being at the, the marquee. I remember like, it's just, it kind of goes by in a blur and all of a sudden, you know, you're taking, there's a picture of you in the paper with Adolph Green and you're like, that's normal, I guess. I don't know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what was the reaction to kids at school? Were they, did they think it was cool? Did you have a hard time with that?
0: I had a hard time in school, but I don't really want to totally blame performing because I think like I had a hard time because I was just very me, which is like outspoken and like was the kind of person to sit in the front of the class. And, you know, there were certain kids who maybe had trouble with that. And I think like, I certainly was bullied as a kid for different things, but it what, and sometimes somebody would use that, but it wasn't always that. Um, And and definitely now as an adult, like people who I'm still in touch with, you know, share that like they remembered that and it was so cool. And some people uh, fewer there was a class trip to see. I don't think it was Will Rogers. I think it was The Goodbye Girl, and that was cool for people. But oh, that is
1: really cool. Yeah, Yeah.
0: everybody knew I was a performer. I did some musicals at school. Like everybody kind of knew it, but you know. All of the the bullshit that goes on at school, like usually had more to do with like social things, friends, boys, like whatever. And again, I kind of kept it secret. I did not talk about it because, you know, there were a handful of times where I was accused of bragging and I was just like, oh, forget this. You know, we're not, we're not going to talk about it then.
1: It becomes like the safe place. Like you get through the school day so that you can get to the Palace Theater on Broadway and hang out with those kids and see those showgirls and have that experience Now that show, obviously you got to make a Broadway cast album. You guys, uh, you, you did not perform at the Tonys, but the show performed at the Tonys and um, one, which was also quite unexpected because it seemed like it was going to be Miss Saigon's year. And it's probably like one of the best years of Tonys ever. It's your show, Will Rogers, Miss Saigon, the secret garden. What's the fourth show? It'll come to me. Um, it, something uh, else. Oh, Tommy.
0: Tommy, right? right. All those kids from Tommy. Oh, no, yeah. wait, or maybe oh. Tommy was Goodbye Girl. The goodbye Girl. I'm, That's the Goodbye right. Girl. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: Um, did you go to, did you get to go to the Tony's that year? Did they have a big party for you? Do you remember any of that?
0: No, I don't remember going. (laughs) I didn't go to the Tony's. I didn't do any of that. I remember going to people's apartments and watching Saturday Night Live with the cat with cast members. I remember going to bachelorette parties. I went to someone's (laughs) bachelorette party at a bar and slept over at someone's (laughs) house. My parents were cool. My parents continued to stay cool. And I remember, um, Yeah, we made, for Halloween, I was bummed. This is something that I think kids who work can relate to. You miss a lot of things. And we were going to miss trick-or-treating in Halloween. So Jason Opsil, who's no longer with us, who's amazing, um, helped me and with some other people create a haunted house backstage. Like It was amazing.
1: You know they still do that now, right?
0: Wait, what? Really? Yeah,
1: it's a big thing. All the Broadway theaters have the kids, you can, the kids trick or treat to each Broadway theater. And did so I invented this. I think you may have. <laughs> but um, I'm taking I know credit. No taking credit, but I know it's like started with or, or restarted again with the kids in The Lion King.
0: And oh, that wow. they would,
1: and then um, Disney made it a thing and then all the Broadway shows. So, but I'm going to say Tammy started
0: it. I did. Guys. I invented um, Broadway Halloween. <laughs> So now you're a Broadway
1: kid, which means you get to do a lot of cool things. You get to do some press events. You yeah. became one of the Broadway kids, which is a very um, special thing where you got to do all these cast recordings with the kids from Les Mis and Secret Garden and things like that. What do you remember about making those albums and doing doing those kinds of things?
0: Um, you know, I think the things that I remember the most from like being with the other kids were like we did some, we did a bunch of different like benefits and things over time. Like I remember. I'm gonna mess this up. You might know what it is, because someone else might have told you. But at some point, I was in a limo with Mickey Mouse riding to Times Square, and Jody Benson sang, and we all sang, and we wore really ugly T-shirts, and it was like project. It was like you know, um, in Times Square, like behind us, the live recording, I'm like a jumbotron. Yeah, oh my, my best friend, one of my best friends, who I met doing Annie in Lancaster, Pennsylvania uh was visiting me in New York and got to ride in the limo. So that was super exciting. Um and I I remember like, especially as I got older, and by older I mean thirteen, um, and fourteen. Like it's not that old, feeling protective of the younger kids. Like I remember those little cutie pies and Tommy. Like they were so little. Like they were yeah. these children. Um and certainly like I knew all those kids, Jeffrey Landman who was in Falsettos, like who I ended up going to college with and um, yeah, like there was definitely camaraderie, but you were also sort of in your own lane doing your show. Like there, there was a little bit of both. Um, I don't have huge vivid memories of recording the Will Rogers Follies. I mean, I did it. So that happened. We can all hear me <laughs> it and people for years were followed me around singing. Howdy. I'm Mary Rogers, which is mm-hmm. always a little, um, you know, <laughs> sort of like, oh, <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, like the two people who know who I am. So, um, but the Goodbye Girl—that recording experience—is burned in my mind. Which I okay, can we're tell gonna you get there if you want.
1: Do we, I don't know. We're not ready to jump there yet. We're not I ready for the Goodbye There's Girl There's two yet. recordings that I thought of this week. I was like, oh which my god, one? she was on this Peter Pan recording oh, I used yeah. to listen to, and Lost in Boston. I think yes. And you sang a cut song from Gypsy with Lindsay. Yes. Um, what was her name? With, she um, was the girl from Ruthless, right? Lindsay
0: Ridgway? Did, did Lindsay Ridgway sing with me? I thought I so. I, now, my memories I know of you I sang, might a, I sang a song with Michelle Pac.
1: Okay. Um, so
0: all of those albums that I recorded, and then I originally sang Joshua Novak, which kind of got some like airtime, and, and girls started auditioning with it because Susan Egan did a recording of it after me, but it was on Broadway Bound. All of those things I did kind of after Broadway. So that's oh. all from like, 14 through like college and, um, Bruce Kimmel who produced a lot of those albums, uh, found me and was like, you know, I, I loved doing that. That's my favorite thing. Honestly, like performing and singing live would be terrifying to me now, but like singing in a studio, that's really fun and
1: learning new songs. Yeah. So when did the goodbye girl, like enter your world? I imagine the search to find this Lucy must've been like incredibly big because
0: there's yeah. no rules like that. Yeah. I so I'll tell you what I know. And uh, you know, the Neil Simon and Marvin Hamlish and all those guys might disagree, but we can't ask them, unfortunately. We so, unfortunately
1: <laughs> cannot find out
0: anything. <laughs> we can't. So um, your
1: your word is on record right so now. So this
0: is all my from my perspective. Um so I I, I uh, will have to dra- backtrack. The the first Broadway show technically I ever booked was Meet Me in St. Louis. However, it was, that's Jay Binder who cast it. And it was to replace, it was a replacement role. And we, we watched the Tonys. They won no Tonys. We thought this isn't good. The show closed. I never, big, big got, to, all that. No, never yeah. got to do it. And also like, yeah, great. I wasn't going to start as a replacement. Come on now. I had to, <laughs> I had I had standards. Original cast only, only for Tammy. obviously. <laughs> no. So um I didn't get to do that. But Jay Bender uh, knew and liked me. And when I went into that audition for Meet Me in St. Louis, this is whatever. If she listens, sorry. But he said, where were you at uh the original auditions? Why weren't you here? I was like. I don't know. Okay. One of the many times where <laughs> I'm an here audition now. is mixed. So he really, like, I think kept me in mind. He brought me in for the Goodbye Girl. I sang for him. And then the callbacks were, um, this was for a backer's aud- audition. So it wasn't for the show. And um, it was for a backer's audition. And uh, Marvin Hamlish and David Zippel were at the callback. I sang, I sang my song again, and I got the call that I had been cast as Lucy in the backers audition. And I, the other thing that's super weird is that when I was 11 years old, I watched the goodbye girl, the movie. And I loved this. I was like, I love, I mean, what 11 year old is watching? I watched it. I remember watching this movie. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is incredible. Mm -hmm. And so we did the backers audition. It was Carolee Carmelo and Greg Edelman who did that. Who were
1: married then. I, guess, I don't
0: probably. know if they. Maybe I, they were just my, dating then. My story is that's how they fell in love, okay. but I have no idea because I was 12 or whatever. Well, they were was. soon to
1: be let go friends. The, the goodbye
0: girl. That's right. That's who did it. And then Erin Torpey did that first reading with us as one of the other little girls. And then another little girl did it, but she she didn't continue on because she booked The Secret Garden. So that happened. We did a backwards audition, it went great. You know, Neil Simon was there like introducing scenes and talking about it, but we didn't we didn't read. And he's like um both sweet and warm and terrifying at the same time, because you're just like, I don't want to fuck up this person's joke. Like it's for real. Like he's in the back of the theater with a typewriter. Like that's real. And you're like, oh, I better not fuck this up on stage tonight. (laughs) Like, but again, incredibly sweet, soft spoken. Also
1: like nobody your generation can say they worked with Neil Simon. So it's, it's kind of it's cool. A real, I mean, it's very cool. You're in a very small group of people. Keep going.
0: He is one of my, you know, my teachers. When people are like, how do you how do you know comedy? Like who taught you comedy? The answer is Neil Simon. Yeah. That's one of the answers. It's all of those people in this show because yeah, they're comedy geniuses. Anyway, Backers Audition, we did it. That's great. And then I think we did another one. And at some point it was like, I had to, but the search continued for Lucy and I was like, this is so awkward. And they were seeing everybody and it was horrible. And people were saying terrible things to my mother and like, just, oh, like your kid's not going to get it. My kid, this, I don't know what went on. I'm sure crazy shit.
1: All but the things that you think went on is exactly on. what happened. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so at some point it was like, well, we've never seen her read a scene. Like I had only sung. sung the music, And yeah. so I went into this audition And again, it's this whole creative team who like I knew and loved, you know, Marvin Hamlish taught me that music. That was who taught me the music for, and he's an, an incredible guy. His wife was amazing, is amazing too. Um, and so I sang, I sang my audition song for them, which it's like, this is why. And then I did the scenes. I made them laugh. I think Neil was like, that was funny that's kind of my memory. And I left and then I went around the corner and I auditioned for a tour of Annie because that's what you do. That's what you do. And Peter Lawrence, the stage manager ran into us. This is like an hour or two later and said, Whoa, what are you still doing here? And it was, it was like auditioning for Annie. And I, we kind of like, and he kind of, you know, confirmed the story. He went back in and was like, you guys, she's audition. like, you better get, like, the, You're gonna you loser. Right. Yeah. to lose her. Right. Yeah. So they called, my mom took a call in our kitchen. The way I knew I got the job is I just saw my mom jumping up and down. Uh-huh. And they called early because it was a holiday weekend and they didn't want us to wait all weekend, which was super sweet.
1: And did you know at that point it was Bernadette Peters and Martin Short?
0: I did no. not. Wow. I did
1: not. When so, did you find that out?
0: Oh, when they, and they might've already known, but I did not know. I don't know when, um, that happened, but they, so I did this production of Annie and at some point I had to let my understudy go on because I was being called to New York to do a first reading table read of the goodbye girl and Bernadette Peters and Marty Short were the leads and I lost my fucking goddamn (laughs) mind because first of all, like, I mean I I love who if you don't love her you're wrong you're incorrect and she was that's what I wanted to be when I was a little girl right yeah. 13 year old me was like when I was a little girl I wanted to be yeah. and I just I loved her I loved everything she did and I loved him too so yeah. that was super, super exciting I met them at this reading I sat between them I basically introduced myself and and the first thing out of my, out of Marty's mouth was, so which one of us do you like better? And it was, I, that was the beginning of just all of I mean, he's just one of the funniest, sweetest, kindest people. And he was amazing. They were both amazing. So
1: when you think about it now, and this is normally a question I ask towards the end of these interviews, but uh-huh. when you think about it now, can you believe that like, that was what you were dealing with at how old were you for Goodbye Girl? Thir- Thirteen.
0: Thirteen.
1: Like mm-hmm. sitting with the two biggest like the biggest, certainly theater female star and yes. this huge movie TV star, like yes. sitting together and being, it's the three of you starring yeah. in the show. Like, can you imagine that that happened?
0: I can't. And yet, of course it happened. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's I both it. actually. It's both, uh, you know. yeah.
1: It's such, And that you handled yourself, that you like squeezed yourself in between the, these two people and, and killed it, you know?
0: Thank you. And here we go. But yeah, you know, I think I, uh, I'm not all that different than I was when I was six. In fact, the older I get, the more I am like the six year old me, which is kind of, I don't know. That's just, uh, yeah, I think it was what I was meant to be doing. It was what I wanted to be doing and I worked really hard and was good at it too. You know, you're allowed to say that about yourself. Um, I was, uh, at what I did, I was good at it. I could, I couldn't do all the things, but I could do the things that I did.
1: Now you guys went to Chicago first with that yes. show. So the show changed in wild ways. I mean, there's oh so God, many. Oh my God. Yes. I, now, I, <laughs> yes. As there, I know. its own show. <laughs> many opening numbers and I'm sure your character changed a lot. Tell me how you dealt with all of that at 13 being out of town. Obviously did your one, did one of your parents go with you?
0: Yes. So my mom came with me and then my dad and brother came to visit at different points, but my mom stayed. And Chicago is very cold in the winter in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> and um, we all know.
1: Um, no, so how did you handle the the so, like the constant you know hamster wheel of trying to create this new musical uh, yeah, that was out of town? It was new stressful. musical in trouble.
0: It was stressful. It was stressful yeah. because it was kind of like, no one was like, I wasn't in on those creative conversations, but you could see that Things were, people were stressed and people were fighting or disagreeing or trying to figure it out. And, you know, there, everybody was, you're talking about some of the greatest people ever, like, you know, everyone's got their ego, everyone's got their opinion, everyone's, and again, I'm not really privy to it. I'm just like, oh, I better show up and do the new, try the new song for the third, fourth, fifth time or whatever, (laughs) you know, uh, as, and you know, Neil would rewrite jokes and you would get those jokes and Gene Sachs before he was no longer would come to my dressing room and give me my notes. It was like, you want to. He didn't die. Them?
1: He got fired.
0: Yeah. Let's just, let's yeah. just, let's just, let's just keep that. Sorry. Just so that everyone could follow
1: along. Sorry, Your yes. director got fired, fired between. Yes. Oh my God. What a. So what a it's really. Jean, that must've been so awkward because Jean and Neil had done everything together.
0: Yeah. Years later, I, I found out like what the what that meant right like I didn't know I was like oh this is a lifelong collaboration and friendship and I think in some ways again this is just my opinion you know he kind of took the fall for why the show wasn't working because there needed to be someone to blame and uh in my opinion that it wasn't why the show didn't totally work and one of the things that we were up against which is you know Around in 2022, is this fear of being politically incorrect? So, I'll give you an example like in the movie The Goodbye Girl, when um, Elliot plays uh, Richard III, the director asks him to play him gay, and that was not a cool thing to do, or they thought so. He became a man playing a woman, Woman playing a man, man. very like, (laughs) what what can he yeah. just be gay? I don't know. Anyway. So I think like that was part of it. And also um, on the like, you know, women were now working empowered and strong. And I don't think anyone was comfortable with the story point that happens at the end of the movie in the Goodbye Girl, where she's falling apart because he's left her again. And in the musical, she's like, go follow your dream. I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, well, that's not dramatic. And also, you know, I'm a strong working woman, like I've been through breakups, like it sucks if somebody leaves, like, why couldn't that have been the story point? So I think some of those things, certainly contributed to uh, issues in the book. Again, that's my opinion, sort of now and, and watching what went on. But yeah, it's very stressful. It's hard to learn an opening number. And it would be confusing, because you'd be like doing your opening number, rehearsing the new song for three days, but you're like, don't sing that tonight. You have to wait until we get there. And it's fast. It goes fast. I don't think I could do that today. It was fast.
1: Obviously, was there a moment at all where you're like, this show's not going to Broadway. We're going to close out of town. Did you ever get worried that that would happen?
0: I didn't. I mean, maybe, again, I, maybe, maybe other
1: people did? Maybe other we're,
0: people did. I didn't feel like that.
1: Yeah. Did Bernadette, like, help you through that, some of that process? Because I imagine, you know, based on the interviews I've seen of her actually speaking about you, which we're going to talk about the Pat Collins special in one minute.
0: LOL. Oh, wow! Oh, boy.
1: But you know the way she's talked about you it's just that she felt like she had a real scene partner that you were yeah. so present for her and that the two of you were creating this thing together with Martin with you know Martin Short but um did was she helping you I mean you're a young person and we have the greatest musical theater star that of of multiple generations happening in front of you
0: Yeah she was incredibly protective of me she was a child actress herself mm-hmm. I think, and her, uh, this is random, but her mother used to take her into my grandfather's butcher shop when she was a little girl. So we knew her in that way. I mean, I didn't know her. He did. And when she was auditioning. And so she was... She was really protective of me. I think she, if she had her druthers, she would have been like, "Don't do this crazy business. This is a hard business, (laughs) and you're smart and great." But um, we were very close, and you know, Bernadette's a private person. And but again, I was incredibly close to her um, through the whole process, and she, yeah, she definitely took me under her wing, and it definitely just. That was my scene partner. You know, she was yeah. my mother. That was our relationship. So so this Pat
1: Collins thing that I mentioned <laughs> a second ago, this is how I became obsessed with the Goodbye Girl because there used to be these specials on... What was then called UPN, but whatever, whatever it, and it was, was the, there was these like two and three hour specials about the opening of a Broadway show, and there was a Goodbye Girl one. I think there was a Tommy one. I know that there was a Kiss of the Sp- There was like a I ton didn't even know
0: that. Wow, there's like
1: a bunch of them. Right, but the Goodbye right. Girl one was great. I think I have it on VHS, like under my bed, which is so embarrassing. No, but that's
0: that's pretty I, great. It's pretty.
1: great. I rewatched it on YouTube um, before we talked today. Oh, that's and
0: horrifying! It's on. I YouTube? didn't watch the whole thing. <laughs> it's I on YouTube.
1: Had, Oh on YouTube God. in like 10 parts, but you get interviewed, your whole family's interviewed. What do you remember about that? Like, them, they you had your dad made a little I'm assuming it's your dad, but mate, you had an ice hockey rink in your backyard. Like, um, yes, can you? Um, I mean, I'm not like a weird, sick person, but I mean, now I, I do know quite a bit about you, but I, it's I'm fine. That special,
0: I am a weird, sick person, and that was a weird, sick special. <laughs> um, because first of all, Well, yes. So he, I don't know why that ended up in this special because an ice skating rink and ice hockey has nothing to do with me. Although that my father was a coach. He just retired since I was born. So he was a hockey coach. My brother played hockey. And so we used to ice skate like normal people at an ice skating rink. But for some reason, I guess it was cold. I don't know. And the people who, you know, filmed that, some producer was like, it'd be really cool to see that, like, let's do that. Let's get or, them on the, the
1: skates. On. Did your brother know. like filming that? Was he like, oh, this is so cool?
0: No, my brother probably he liked ice skating, but my brother kind of stayed out of all of this and, you know, kind of thought he treated me like uh, a brother treats a sister, which was a very good thing and was not was not starstruck by any of these things going on, although he did um, – Kill it on the dance floor at the Goodbye Girl opening night party. And oh, this is a good story. This is a compliment (laughs) to my brother. Neil Simon walked up to my mom after my brother had like around where's this videotape? Everybody around him going, Go Corey, go Corey. He was a little, little kid. Neil Simon went up to my mother and went, Where did your children come from? And it was just (laughs) like so amazing. It was like, my brother's not a performer. So anyway, yeah, that's special. So she's kind of frightening, huh?
1: She is kind of frightening. Um, yes, she's not allowed to
0: say that. just yes. hear this. I don't know. No, no I mean, I don't and, think and again, so. like in not in like, I mean, just if you're me and that's who's in front of you, it's wow, that was it's, it's really lot.
1: fun to rewatch because she's interviewing people like Joan Rivers and yes. Carol Channing at the opening night in the Minsk, yes. I mean, at the marquee in yes. the lobby and um, there's a really sweet thing that your dad says which is that he shows you Brishnikov on the TV and says that's mm-hmm. the best dancer and you say no I'm the best dancer and that's yes. when he knew like you could handle show business I
0: was three when I did it's that like,
1: it's very <laughs> very sweet and it also is you get all this cool footage of Bernadette rehearsing on yeah. the beat behind yes. and you see why she's so brilliant you know yes. it's, it's so different than it sounds on the cast album and it's so because she's so present now tell me about making the cast recording which uh, lives on Forever, Forever. and you have this the most incredible kid singing voice, um, and it's preserved for all time. Give it a listen, if you haven't, in a minute, and you'll be like, oh my God, I'm so good. I'm so good. What happened? You are so good. (laughs) Um, I want to know about singing, but tell me about uh, making that album.
0: Yeah, so we were scheduled to make that album, and I got sick and got laryngitis and was still in the show going on. And I went to go sing, what is it? Who would have thought? And I, and I did all the things that a singer does. And I could not hit the last final high note. So if you listen on the album, the three of us sing it together. And they just turned my mic all the way down because I couldn't do it. No voice. Um, but in the show, I sang that last word by myself. So I did that. And they were like, hey, we can't record like your whole I held up the entire cast recording of the goodbye girl they had to wait and push me um Marty was like why don't you let your understudy go on that would be really fun for the girl you know for to do and, the cast album no 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 in oh, the show on the show yeah and I said would you let your understudy go on literally and he was like no so we were the only two people whose understudies did not go on in that show, I think. Wow. Uh we did all the performances. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, bitch. I this see. This is you. my
1: part. Thank you. <laughs> I see you well, also. That, right. that is a great like, question I've always had. is like that you are playing this huge part. And then there's yeah. was there two other girls or three other girls?
0: Yeah. So I think Aaron was my understudy. And then there was a swing who was the understudy for the other two girls. Like there's like a Because Lucy has
1: her two best friends and they do a couple numbers together. Right. I'm sure, was there like animosity about, you know, you were like the star kid and then there's these two other kids that have barely anything to do?
0: I hope not. First of all, both of them are lovely humans. Uh, I saw Lisa recently. She came to uh, my new york premiere of my movie and we got to reconnect so that was oh, super cool great. i run into aaron i don't think so you know those those girls were super nice like all those stories before where i'm like this person was saying crazy that yeah. wasn't really them and it was mm-hmm. kind of like the way it was that's the way it was from the beginning so i don't know how they felt inside of the, if maybe that was like a bummer but it just it it certainly never felt like that but um yeah, we so we were recording. I didn't let my understudy go on. So sorry, I was. Sorry. Uh, I I decided to behave like Marty Short did, which was to not <laughs> let my understudy go on. And they look, you know, when you're doing a show, this is before the Tonys. They really don't want you to do that because there's yeah. voters there. They really want people seeing that show. Um, you know, Bernadette's understudy understudies her second one went on for half of the show one night. That's a whole wow. other story. But, you know, um, she went on a lot. It was a hard show to sing, and there was a lot. So she, her understanding went on several times. But we got to this point where we couldn't record anymore. We stopped. We waited for me to get better. And then I came in to record by myself. So, um, you know, the song I sang with Bernadette, Don't Follow In My Footsteps, like, she's not singing with me. And because she's so brilliant and present, She did some things like a little differently than, and I'm like, she's doing slides and things and vocally that I'm like, that's, and we're harmonizing. And they're like, you gotta find her timing. Yeah, Yeah. find her timing. And she's not in the room. So I I really remember that. And I remember being so upset when I couldn't hit that note. And I remember like, it was like tears. And I was, they were like, so kind. It's okay. Don't worry. This is gonna cost everybody a lot of money, but we're gonna let you come back and record it.
1: We're going to run forever. So now the show opens, which, you know, it's obviously that special, that Pat Collins special follows through opening. What do you remember? Obviously the opening night party must've been thrilling for you. Epic. Yes. And the next day, how, how aware are you of these reviews, which I reread today?
0: Um, They were mostly not unkind to me. And I, um, like I think my neck how do I remember this? And then it's like funny years later, someone was like, Don't read reviews. If you read the bad ones, you'll believe the good ones, and you shouldn't believe either, which is kind of true. Um, but I think my review in the New York Times, Frank Rich said I was tall enough to be Bernadette's sister. That was the criticism of me, which is such like a the weird, most ridiculous what does review that mean? ever. It's like what does the stupidest thing ever. I'm like, yes. she's small, I'm small too. Also, what? Um, so that was the only negative re- review I remember. So, they, but people weren't unkind to me, and I felt protective and defensive, and thought this music. Which, by the way, this music, like it's a great score. Are we ready for a revival?
1: We are. I do think it should be a. I think it should be like a six-person show.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be smaller, no, no ensemble. Down. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. A friend of mine approached me uh, about doing like a you know why don't I even know what it's called that's how out of musical theater I am like a night where you sing you don't do the whole like show a, like uh, a concert a concert like a- <laughs> Cool. I learned the word concert today, so thank you. Um, but yeah, he approached me and was like, "We should do that. That would be fun." Obviously, would I be wouldn't. Fun. Be, I wouldn't be singing Lucy, and I need to. I need some serious no, you, voice you lessons. You have to
1: play Paula. I don't um, think I
0: could do it justice. But yeah. Anyway, it's beautiful music, and so I felt really protective and felt like, how could they say this about our show? You know?
1: Yeah how could this like go wrong? You know, it just felt like, and I always think that because the score is so good because the star power is huge. Right. Because, you know, the creative team that's attached to it. Is, and, the expectations like, she,
0: were so high. Yeah, how did this high. not
1: work? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: I think it had book problems. If I'm sorry, Neil. Sorry, Neil, are. it's okay. I love you and you're the most ta- one of the most talented people ever. But I think it had book problems and that's really And it probably was
1: being so you know, creating the movie. Yes. Often it, it often does help to have someone who's not the creator of the movie, create the stage show. It's just. Yeah.
0: And I think you hit it on the head. I think it probably got too big. Like it probably would have been cool as a smaller, more intimate, you know, show.
1: Now, was there a sense that like, oh, we're, we're going down like the Titanic or did you feel like, oh, I'm. You know, most most shows get a good year in before that happens anyway, even if- Yeah, I
0: was yeah, with, having a blast. And like, mm-hmm. again, I'd done Will Rogers, that didn't happen. So I think probably when I was like, oh, was maybe like around the Tony Awards when mm-hmm. we realized that wasn't going, that didn't go so well. And I boycotted the Tonys. I could have gone. That was a mistake. Were because, you
1: annoyed that you didn't get a nomination? And you should have, because that year was actually- There was a lot of space for you. Sister.
0: I was not annoyed about myself. I was more annoyed that the creative team was not recognized. I thought, and I don't remember what was nominated for the music, but for music that year, but I feel like there was a play that got a nomination that wasn't even a musical. Like I don't remember all the things. And there were a lot of good shows that year, but I was just like, whoa, really? Like, come on. You know, you might not love the show, you might not love everything, but the music is just fantastic. So, I didn't go to the Tony Awards. That was dumb. That was yeah, a you cool choice. Yeah, yeah, obviously. And
1: then when when no one won anything, was there like <laughs> <laughs> was there a like, you know, a sense of like we're just going to do this job until we can't do it anymore or Yeah,
0: it was a bummer, but you also have to remember so and I kind of said this, like Marty Short is one of the funniest people I've ever met and will ever meet and you'll ever meet and so on and so forth. And so There was a real, like, I think because, and I don't know, again, this is just my assessment now, like it was sort of like everybody let, you know, the campers loose and we just all were like, fuck it. And we're doing funny things. Like at some point, I mean, I I, I can tell those stories of all the stupid things we used to get in trouble for, but there were a lot of pranks on that show. There was a lot of trying to like get people to break on stage. You know, it, mm-hmm. uh, it happened almost every night um, that out would break. Like Mario would like do something, improv something. And oh you God, know, audiences fun. love that because yeah. it's like really a lot, you know, and he's really funny. I, um, I fell asleep during one of the performances and missed my cue because they staged, they have this fight and they staged me where I like, laid on a couch in the back. Like, why didn't I just exit? I don't know, but I was on the stage. I would read books. It was so boring. It took forever. And one day I did fall asleep. That's a true story. Um, I also freaked him out because I pulled a tooth out as I like walked down made an exit, came back around to the rowboat when we get in the rowboat. And I sat in this rowboat. Apparently there was, I had like blood everywhere and I couldn't warn him because it happened so quickly. Um, and he was like, "Oh my God!" And he has like, to
1: sing a big song to you in a yes, rainbow and you're bleeding.
0: And I'm like f- <laughs> fleeting from the mouth. And he was like, "A little warning, maybe next oh my time." God. What a but, what yeah.
1: a what a dynamic experience to have as a young person. Oh you yeah, know, like-
0: dogs ended up on stage. People who were not in the show, including <laughs> my brother, ended up on stage. Like, oh, we used to they, they used to do crazy shit, and it was like this is funny and fun and.
1: You oh know, my you, God, I, lo- I love it Yeah, all. it's
0: great, it's great.
1: When, um, how hard was it to close that chapter? I'm sure it's pretty difficult.
0: Well, you know, it was really kind of the end of an era for me. Um, I was 13, that was August. And I, a month later, I got my period and started high school. So that's, <laughs> everybody, there so that you everybody go. Everybody really? it's like, that's, that's it. That's it. And then your agent goes, you know, you'd like, maybe we should lay off a little bit and like, da, da. and and there was part of me that was so excited to have a normal high school experience until yeah. I got that after a year and was like, get me the fuck out of here. And then I graduated early. Well, <laughs> were you true.
1: auditioning at all during, during yeah, high school? Yeah. A
0: little bit. I mean, I did, so I did only you, which was my first movie, like, it was right like a during great, all great that movie. It's yes. A I movie. love that movie. And I got that job. Thanks. So, Larry Bresner, who's also no longer with us, was Marty Short's manager. He came to see the show, and he took me to my first film set. And so I saw actors um, not performing and acting, and, and I was like, "This is what they. This is why I'm not getting any movie jobs." I'm like, "Oh, they're just like talking really quietly. You're and just so being like,
1: normal humans."
0: So my next uh, audition for a movie, I, I got, and and uh, so I, I always like that story, and I and I fell in love with making movies on that set and doing all of that. And so I kind of knew that's what I wanted to do. And I also just was, you know, a little bitchy little 14 year old who said, I don't want to take voice lessons anymore and leave me alone. Right. And I'm going to go talk on the phone on my giant cordless phone in my room <laughs> with my waterbed and my rat, pet rabbit. That's all real. And oh my God. Leave me I love alone.
1: It. Wow. You were, you were, cool. you were rebelling from being a Broadway kid.
0: Cool party.
1: Having to be cute. Now, did you decide you wanted to go to college for film? Like I, what,
0: Yeah, what, no. what was going to be next for you? I probably wanted to, so I auditioned for a pilot in LA when I was about 15 and like got pretty close to it. And I was like, oh, I should be here auditioning, but that was sort of not an option. And Where I was from and how I was raised, it was sort of like you had to go to college. That was the next thing. So I auditioned for NYU. I got into the musical theater program because, like, kind of like, duh. duh. Um, (laughs) But it was also sort of like, duh, what am I doing here? A little bit, you know. Did
1: anyone weird write your college recommendation letters? Did like Tommy Tune write your (laughs) recommendation letters? I don't think
0: so. I don't know if you did. I wish that would be cool. We can say yes. Um, Yes, okay. Uh, so I, I was in college and I had like, I was sort of just like not into it because I was like, I didn't really want to be doing that anymore. And there's all this pressure and expectation when you have worked and done that. And people would be like, don't do that thing that makes you Tammy. And I'm like, but that's what got me jobs. What do you mean? Don't do that yeah, yeah. thing. You know, I was like, I, I got really picked on in college for my voice actually, because uh, a whole class of kids decided to do an impression of me as Fran Drescher in La Like that was me because I was too nasal or something like this. But oh, you know, man. college is different. It's like a totally different experience and environment than the real world. And so I eventually was like, okay, I think I'm done with the musical business. I kind of kept dancing because I loved it. I took other classes. I took some like film acting classes and got my BFA in acting. And then Uh, right after 9-11, I moved to LA and I was like, okay, I think, you know, yeah, I'll do some theater or whatever. But I didn't really do too many musicals after that. I did like one show here in LA where I was forced to sing and dance sort of. And that's... (laughs) That's the last time. That's not
1: what you want to be doing. But <laughs> in recent years, you've been doing a lot of things you want to be doing. Yes. Um, including writing, directing, and producing a yes. film that you can watch on Amazon Prime tonight. Yes. Listeners, which is called Limerence. Tell yes. us about that movie um, and sort of what we can expect by watching it. And it just, I'm like watching it tonight. I watched like oh, all this preview footage and you're, it looks like the greatest, sweetest romantic comedy in the Thanks. way that I love a good romantic comedy. So tell us about this movie.
0: Yeah, I hope I don't disappoint. So I you won't. um I it is a romantic comedy, but it's about relationships uh which you know, I spent a long time doing and being in, and I was a pretty boy crazy kid and young adult. Same. And yeah, same, same These <laughs> still am kind of, um, even though I'm married. He knows, my husband knows. It's, it's fine. okay. It's okay. okay. Everybody knows. Everyone's <laughs> okay. Um, but I was in a, an improv class kind of a thing with an actor named Chris Messina. From the Mindy
1: Project, yes, yeah. Yes, yes. He's so, incredible. And he is also, incredible. F- very nice to look at. Continue.
0: Yeah. He's cute. He, um, he was like, we were doing this thing and I ended up writing a scene and he was like, did you write this scene? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, Oh, you should keep writing. And eventually I wrote a play cause that's what I knew how to sort of do ish. And we did a reading and Chris was there and he was like, this is really good. You should do it. You go, you should go do this. So I, um, we did this play. I didn't direct it. I was in it. I wrote it. And <clears throat> we had a sold out run in a very small theater in LA, which is pretty unheard of. It's impossible to get anyone to see theater in LA. And it was a very intimate show. It was like tiny. And so it kind of had that, it had a film sort of vibe to it in that you were right there. It wasn't like you were in a big proscenium theater. And uh, at the second performance, Brad Zions, who produced... Kissing Jessica Stein and Iron which Abbey, is
1: one of the best movies ever. Go ahead.
0: Obviously, right. Was yeah. in my audience cuz he knew the other actress in the play and he said I like this I like this writing. I want to meet Tammy and we met. We found out we're from like a town apart, like which was so weird growing up and Kissing Jessica Stein also started as a play, which I didn't know. And so he was like I think we should turn this into a movie. And so that was how that started. I wrote, we developed it. I wrote drafts. I'd never written a screenplay before. And uh, I was like, okay. And then we got into like fundraising and pre-production and we were meeting with directors. And at some point he was like, I think you should direct this. Uh, I spoke to Chris Messina, who like kind of, you know, they had worked together before and he was like, you should direct this. My husband was like, you should direct this. Everyone was like, you should direct this. And I was like, okay, guys, I don't know how to direct. I've never directed anything. They were like, I think you do. And, you know, I uh, taught for many years and and taught actors and certainly directed scenes in that respect. Um, But... I guess just everything by osmosis. I don't know. People were like, how did you know how to direct? I was like, I don't know. I watched a lot of shit. Sometimes you just know. Yeah, I watched a lot of shit. I figured it out. I hired good people and I was nice to them. I don't know. Like that that was it. And so we shot this little movie and eventually we got distribution after we did some film festivals. And it's a a relationship movie and it's a love letter to LA because I love LA. I'm a New Yorker who loves LA. Sorry if that's thing. You must be so
1: proud to have like that is a huge feat it to is. write direct produce and star, you know, star in something. Um you yeah. must feel so good to be like I've like like climbed the biggest mountain you could possibly climb. It's a pretty in big this mountain. Business. Yeah. Yeah. Do yeah. you want to do more of that? Would you rather be acting that someone else is directing? Like what's next for you? Do you yeah. feel on this long journey in this business?
0: So I I I loved writing and directing and so I I'm developing a TV show with my producing partner, which is really Great. cool, which we're just starting to like get ready to go out with, which is a comedy and is uh, pretty autobiographical. Um, <clears throat> so that will be is of, it like
1: about a child star.
0: It is not. It is not about that point of my life. It is about single Tammy and, okay. um, all of my gay boyfriends. So it's really oh my God, uh, I love that. pretty out there. Um, <laughs> I don't know if my children will <laughs> ever be able to see this. Uh, and would then, you let
1: your, would you let your son ever like be part of this business?
0: I mean, sure, but I'm certainly not going to suggest it, you know, like I think <laughs> If if it were coming from the place that it came from in me, which it was like I have to do this, I want to do this, and this is then sure. And he's uh, a little bit like me in that he's pretty um, he doesn't have trouble advocating for himself. And yeah, that, so I great. I think yeah. I mean again, I I hope that he finds what he loves, whatever that is, and I hope it's not acting because it's a fucked up (laughs) terrible business
1: (laughs) (laughs) but you but you're here and you're still doing it and you're wearing your goodbye girl t-shirt and sweatshirt which is collector's item
0: collector's Um, item just unearthed but yeah you know i i so yeah so that's what i'm doing i'm and i'm uh working on uh another two other features so that i'll hopefully direct and not be in but yeah, I've done
1: a lot of that. I mean, your IMDb is so many, you've directed so much. You've 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 been working. You're you're in this I'm business. I'm doing my
0: thing. Yeah, I'm doing yeah, my thing. I, so d- cool. I just directed a short film that finished um it's like festival run. That was cool. I didn't write it, and so that was fun. And yeah, I mean, look, I'll do anything. Like if someone wants me to show up and act, sure. If someone wants me to show up and direct, great. Like all of it's fun. It's like who are the people that are involved? What's the project? That's yeah. for me. That's it. And even if it's like bad, if you're gonna make some money, sure. Okay, why sure. not?
1: Could we get you back on Broadway at some point?
0: I hope so. Oh, good. I don't think Me I'm too. famous enough anymore. No,
1: <laughs> no, but you know, it'd be so fun if you're in a Broadway musical. I'd be so yeah. excited. You'd have to you have to dust out those vocal cords. I Do you know. sing like around the house? Like Are you, do you find yourself singing in the shower when no one's home? I'm sure you never have a moment
0: alone, but. I don't have a lot of moments alone, but I do sing now a lot since becoming a mom because that just happened. So my husband is introducing uh, him to all the cool music. I'm introducing him to all the cooler music. Right. Um, and so he's, you know, a toddler very into frozen and all the things that kids are into. Um, I was shamed for not knowing all the lyrics to Life on Mars by David Bowie. And I'm often told, mommy, don't sing. Mommy, okay, great. you have to sing. So I do some singing. It's you do okay. whatever
1: you have to do. Yeah. Uh, we have to wrap up. I have to let you go back to writing and, and yes. directing and and all of the things. Tell the people where they can follow you and find out what's next and all the things Tammy Minhoff.
0: Sure. I'm at Tamsers Min on Instagram. And if you want to watch my movie, it's Limerence. It's on Amazon Prime now and most other platforms everywhere, I think.
1: Yeah, it is everywhere. <laughs> I look today. today. Um, Tammy, I'm so glad you took this time with me. I am forever a fan. Aww. And I'm glad that you are a really cool, nice, awesome, smart human. And, uh, you know, a lot of theater kids, you had a really big impact on a lot of us because you were doing exactly what we wanted to do. And it's it was a really special time. So I'm so grateful to have this. Moment to touch down with you.
0: Aw, ditto. And I mean that how Patrick Swayze meant it in Ghost. So, great, you know, I you. just loved it. It's fun to talk about the good old days and I, I, well, I didn't know, you know, so.
1: You're great. You're Aww. you're amazing. Thank you so much. And thank you everybody for listening. If you love Little Meme, remember to follow us on Instagram and also, you know, rate, subscribe, tell your friends all the things. Tammy Menoff, thank you so much for joining me today. Yay, thank you. Yay, bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, listeners. This podcast is produced by Alan Seals, Dory Berenstein, and the Broadway Podcast Network, and edited by Derek Gunther. For more information on the Little Me podcast, go to bpn.fm littleme. And follow me on Instagram at Mark Tuminelli or on Twitter at thattuminelli. And for more information on workshops, classes, and everything Broadway Workshop, go to broadwayworkshop.com. Thank you for listening.